So there's no no clear indicator of what's happening. You can use my mic if you want. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that ruined the format. Yeah. That ruins what we ruined do. Ruined the two year. mic format. The two mic format, which yeah. is, you know, I've not had a chance to do in quite a while. Last year was me, you, Brad, and Charlotte. Yeah. That was Zoom. Yeah. The year before that was just us, but Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, because you just got your new mic. And we thought we'd try that out. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. But obviously pandemic and stuff. Yes. It was, you know, pandemic-y. Good old pandemics. Indeed. Indeed. That's nothing from Bata. Welcome to the podcast, man. Yay. Yay. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. Yay. Okay, so it's now like five years or so since I started doing this. Yeah. So I've adjusted the format slightly. Okay. Only ever so slightly. Yeah. As I do every year. Do you still chat shit? Yeah, we still chat shit. That's okay. the whole point. Yeah. Like, you know, you pick the topic. We still have coffee. We still have coffee. So. We go along those lines, you know, yeah. just that. I realised I was explaining this to so I've already recorded one this year. Right. I was explaining to that guest that the weakest parts of the podcast are my initial introduction mm-hmm. and how we end the podcast. Right. Right. And I think it's because there's no clear question. Yeah. At the beginning, or at the end. So I have four basic questions. Yeah. To begin the podcast, we don't have to answer them all, and I'll choose whether we do or not. And then one question to end the podcast. And that's the new format. Okay. And then chat shit in the middle. Okay. And that should work. Sounds fine. <laughs> but the first question will be weird for you. Because you are who you are. Yes. Which is, who are you? The Martin and your brother. <laughs> but this is like the fourth podcast we've been on. Yeah, so. but we've never approached this. Yeah, we have. Like, I, don't, I feel like we've never sat there and been like, You're, you know, I'm your brother. Yeah. But that's as much as we've kind of gone into it. Like, there's no explanation of who you are outside of what you do. Yeah, I think we've talked about my job before and stuff. Like, yeah, my name's Martin. I'm like, I'm Graham's older brother. Um, I'm like, four years older. Um, like, yeah, I'm a graphic designer and marketing manager uh, for the hospitality industry. Been doing that, like, most of my life. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Yeah. You turn to the camera. I like turn to the camera. That's the point, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, I feel like when I have a guest, I know what's going on. Yeah, but like, I'm not going to, intru- yeah, to introduce myself to you, because you already know who I am, so it makes sense to introduce myself to the camera. I don't know, it's just a bit of an odd one. It's like, yeah, obviously we've known each other for my lifespan, yeah. at least, and uh, yeah. It's one of those ones of trying yeah. to... Trying oh, 32 years of your life. 33 years of my life. Oh, I forget these things. I forget how old I am, so, yeah. I mean, you're almost 40, so... No, I'm not. You're, you're definitely always funny. Oh, yeah, I'll be 37 in February. Exactly. Yeah. You're, like, you're on that final stretch. It's horrible to Before think you're about. middle-aged. Yeah, it's horrible to think about. Really? Yeah. Oh, it you. never bothered me. Like, like 30 didn't bother me either. 30 didn't bother me. No. But, like, now I'm over 35, it bothers me. Right. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, just... Yeah. I feel like I've hit halfway. Halfway? Yeah. So you're only living to 80. Yeah. You're guaranteeing that. Well, it's like, yeah, it just feels like, it feels like I've hit halfway, and that doesn't feel good. I don't know. I, I, it just doesn't, maybe it's because I'm not that age. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Like, I didn't care about 30, like, at all. Yeah. I think, until I went for drinks with you, and met Ollie. Yeah. And me and Ollie were chatting, and I th- there must have been something he said. And I was like, 30's never bothered me. And then suddenly I was like, oh, actually, something you just said clicked. And suddenly I'm realizing that 30 might be significant. Can you start taking more ibuprofen? And... I mean, I've already got back pain. <laughs> you always have more back pain. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's, uh... I mean, I don't remember you turning 30. I was in America when I turned 30. Were you? I was in Chicago uh... for my 30th birthday. That would explain. Well, actually, no, technically I was in Wisconsin for my 30th birthday. Right. But but you were visiting various places. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And doing all the things. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, that's question one. Okay. Question two. What have you done today? I went for lunch with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> not much. Like, uh, I got up, um, I put a wash on, uh, caught up on some ticketing stuff for New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's. I uh, feel like that's that's an important yeah. juxtaposition of what you did today was yeah, the I fact did, that it's New Year's Eve. did a lot of ticketing stuff for New Year's Eve to make sure everything was ticking along nicely, and then we went and had some lovely noodles for uh, lunch at Faux. We did have some lovely noodles. I mean, you, I mean, people should know by now because we've done this four or five times that it's always New Year's Eve. Yeah, basically always New Year's Eve. So like the New Year's Eve on New Year's Day or like the second of Jan or something around. Yeah, I think we've done one on like the twenty eighth or something like that. But yeah, generally that's why that's why you know we are the, the consistent starter for the year to warm everyone else up, like guest wise. I don't know why we started doing it. No idea. We just decided to keep repeat doing it. Yeah. Until you get your own podcast. And, yeah. Yeah. Never invite me on. Yeah. Because exactly. I assume you will. Also, better people. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Charlotte will be so offended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. How did you sleep last night? It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Is it fine? Is that the third question? That's the third question. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fine. I slept perfectly fine. I did get woken up at 5.30 in the morning when my upstairs neighbours were... I can't decide if they were coming home after being out or if they'd been out, come back for drinks and then left again. Okay. I can't decide. Either way, about 5.30 in the morning I woke up to like a bunch of drunk people in the corridor <laughs> walking past... Um, like one of them was trying to shush the others, like, ah, shut up. It's and day. it's five day in the morning, shut up. Um, but they were just like, yeah, chat shit. So um, apart from that, no, it was fine. Is this the same neighbor who's laying base? No. Oh. Laying base neighbor's that way. L- laying base, learning base neighbor <laughs> is that way. And uh, this was upstairs neighbor. I forget there's people on the other side of this wall. Yes. But yeah, like I, I just assumed base was above you. Yeah. At the same time. No, there's no one that side. But there's no. someone outside, and there's obviously people up and down. But yeah, no, the, the upstairs neighbours um, being loud, being ready. I mean, they were t- like, if they were in the flat drinking, I didn't hear them. That right. didn't wake me up. It's just when they came down the stairs and passed my door. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting used to that. Yeah. Like, having lived in a terraced house next to students, they were pretty consistent in their noise. Yeah. But now I'm living in an apartment. It's like, I'm on the, the what's the word, the path up through the building. Which I've never been on before. Yeah. Like hearing people walk by and hearing people... Well, I've only got one above me. Well, no, actually, I've technically got two above me. Yeah. But um, the other one has an entrance on the lift block, so they use that. Yeah. Um, and that's Rachel and Dan, and they're always either just playing Xbox or asleep anyway. Um, but, yeah, I've only got one person. But it is, is, like... It is weird getting used to the idea that just people are walking past your door all the time. Yeah, it's the fact that I can, like, hear them to the level of I know conversations yeah. or I know footsteps now that's the new one I've started identifying people by how heavily they walk yeah. and some people walk stupidly heavy I swear one guy just jumps down the stairs every single time flat footed yeah just like absolute plummets and then like yeah. scurries off but luckily that's like the same time every day so Fair. gotten used to that that noise wrangling makes sense as it were yeah alright fourth question because I'm exhausting the intro questions mm-hmm. because it is the, the awkward situation of us knowing exactly who we are mm-hmm. why are we here today? to record a podcast <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? What, what did we discuss to talk about today? So one thing you we, picked the topic yeah okay so, so the topic I picked today like it doesn't really have like such a defined like name there's no like, we're not just like talking about baking or something like random but I noticed recently that I've been consuming I say recently the last two to three years basically pre-pandemic to now like most of my content consumption comes via YouTube Mm -hmm. and I would probably if I was like measuring out my hours watched of like TV and stuff I think YouTube makes up probably 60% of my viewing okay compared to say and the other 40% would be a mixture of Netflix Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, or other sources mm-hmm. if I bought a film or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, coupled with that, I've got a certain amount of nostalgia for 
um, 90s TV. Yeah, we all do. I was marrying up the idea that 90s TV was way more like anarchic and like way more kind of free-flowing. It took more risks. It was a bit more kind of like creator-led than Mm. it was designed by committee. And I think as kind of things have sanitized within TV and TV's become way more sanitized and way more scripted and way more kind of designed by committee and oh what's the demographic for this and I think that kind of 90s feel of TV just being a bit more loose and a bit more like anything can happen mm-hmm. now exists on YouTube and that's why I gravitate towards that so much because that's what I grew up with and this is the kind of thing I'm looking for now but I also think in terms of like kids today and like let's say kids like teens and whatever yeah, and, career, and, and why they love things like you know Logan Paul and you know like KSI or Mr. Mm. Beast and all these different people is because it has that feel like it has that feel of what we felt with 90s TV where it's like I don't know what's going to happen in this mm. and it's led by a single creative mind for the most part um, and it feels like it feels way more authentic than turning on another contrived season of a reality show, which is obviously scripted or even like a lot of the broadcast TV, which is heavily kind of sanitized to just be kind of it's to suit the broadest audience possible. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a couple of points there, which I did pick up on. Um, and I find it interesting because so, so like you initially saying like YouTube, mm. I I think I was chatting to um, what's his name, Aaron Paul does, uh, no Aaron Long, not Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul's in Breaking Bad, right? Correct. <laughs> Aaron Long, animator, made a Tuka and Bertie and Bojack and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we were saying about this like the idea of we're finding stuff on YouTube becoming homogenized. Like, yes, there is a lot of yeah. that. Yeah, of course. And is, yeah. that's what I noticed more. Like, I like I watch I watch a fair amount of YouTube in general, but I've I've noticed more and more that that's downgraded. Like, it's moved away from what we we'd appreciate about nineties TV, which is just kind of like fairly groundbreaking, fairly yeah. underground stuff. And now YouTube doesn't have that until you find like a pocket. Like, yeah, I, I think there's there has been a. There's been a lot of stuff mm. that has happened on YouTube that has caused that. Monetization and advertisers getting scared of yeah. putting their videos on PewDiePie making a, a joke about Nazis or whatever, you know, those kind of things. Um, and I think there's... That's like that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Like, for sure, that's a big part of it. Um, where you can't monetize your more risky content anymore. That's... But so it becomes yeah. less incentive to actually make it. But at the same time, people also wanted to get into that bubble. People that come from the world of like sanitized TV, you know, Will Smith getting into YouTube. Um, who's the guy? John Krasinski um, through John Krasinski. Uh, Jim from the office. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, he started a kind of like talk show thing on YouTube during right. the pandemic and stuff like that. And like, you know, people like James Corden and, Jimmy Kimmel and the, the kind of American talk shows, they're the ones that like push that. They're the, sorry, that's the YouTube pushed safe mm. content onto the front page. And I think more people in, from that world embracing the space, coupled with the, you know, the adpocalypse kind of elements of these things, um, I think that's caused a bit of that. But if you dig under the surface, you, you, yeah. you still could make a weird ass show and put it on YouTube and no one can stop you. And if people find it, then that's a good thing. Yeah, I think there's there's, there's, there's two sides of it. It's like you you have YouTube, and like you say, you you can dig under the surface. Mm-hmm. It takes more effort now, I think, than it did you know maybe five years ago. Yes, to find this stuff, and knowing it's there is harder. So like for kids and you know younger people who are you know, ten to fifteen or whatever, like when we were that age, it was just there. Mm-hmm. Like it just existed. Well, there was nothing else to push. Yeah, there was nothing like nothing kind of like you could slap on top of it and be like, oh, this is you know such and such celebrity doing this, that, and the other. There was nothing in the way. Yeah, yeah. But then it reminds me of like when we, when we had the issues of finding music, 
music wasn't there. No. Like, it, it, there was no way of just discovering music because well, it has the exact same problem YouTube has now, which is radio plays what they want to play, what they're paid to play. So discovering something new meant you had to dig. Yeah, of course, which is why, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of curation. Yeah. Like, like for me, um, I discovered music in the 90s and the 2000s by reading lots of magazines. Yeah. Right, and yeah. lots of magazines then moved on to blogs, lots and lots of blogs, and then, you know, during, like, the Napster era, things would, like, you had no barrier to listening to something. Yeah. It was a case of, like, I want to listen to something, I'll be there. And, like, mm. you know, Spotify and Apple Music, in fairness and those services, do a fairly good job but you need a starting point. So, like, if you decide, oh, like, I really like the band Pop, um, and if I click Pop yeah. and listen to those, the similar bands at the bottom, is like, you know, Joyce Manor and Hotelier, and, like, there's, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of bands there that are, it's not suddenly going, well, if you like this band, you might like Taylor Swift. And, you know, it, it's not doing that. It doesn't do that if you've got premium. No, Apple Music's fine with me for it. So, like, I mean, I don't use Apple Music. Yeah. But like, so, like, Spotify and Amazon yeah. and whatnot, if you don't have premium, they do do that. So, it's like, like obviously, I'm, I, like, I listen to a lot yeah. of metal, and it'll be like, oh, you know, you've been listening to the metal playlist for the last three years. Oh, um, let me tell the Swift album coming out. You may like I mean, this one. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. My front page is still that. So, yeah. like, if I pull up the front page now, like, the kind of, the For You section is still not great no like yeah I go on to listen now and you know all the kind of the, the, my new music mix is still like pretty good then I was, it's recommended with some metal then some stuff based on like Touche Amore yeah. and then some stuff on Yard Act and like most of that is fine but it's like when you kind of go to the browse section it's all like just here's a pure party playlist and here's yeah. his best of Tiesto and it's See, like mm. that's that's my general issue with like YouTube stuff is, is that most of the YouTube website is that yes of course it is yeah yeah, yeah. It's and like, it, it, like it does take like it, it takes curation yeah. and like we have lost a lot of curation um, over the years like blogs have become less prevalent yeah. in what they do yeah. I think podcasts have filled a large gap of that mm-hmm. for, for the most part like it's a blog I can listen to on the go yeah. essentially yeah. Um, no like, required yeah. yeah exactly and I, I get, like now like most, most of my new music comes from podcasts like mm. listen to podcasts and listen to people recommend things or again it comes from the a logarithm of whichever streaming app I'm using yeah. but yeah there is there is a lot to be said for curation and I think that is something YouTube is missing. I think that would help the website yeah. greatly. I think if people had like, you know, there's, there's a couple of creators on there. How's his name now? I cannot remember the guy's name. I want to say it's like Austin something. Austin. All I can think of is 316. Not Austin 316. No, not, not I mean, definitely not Stone Cold Austin. No. But uh, I feel like a Stone Cold music channel would work. Uh, Austin Mc... Mc... Connell. Austin McConnell. Austin McConnell. Right. So he he hasn't done it this year, I don't think, from from the looks of it. He's a creator on YouTube. Right. Anyway, and he often does um, like a list of 10 channels with under 1,000 subscribers that are brilliant. Yeah. You know, and he does the research and the, and the curation of that. And like, I found some really good, nice gems off that. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, this is, this is fucking cool. Like, yeah, yeah. and that's helped help me find them. And then, like, you know, people like, um, some of the bigger YouTubers like Philip DeFranco often has people on his, like his yeah. guests. What he used to do is in a conversation with him, which he doesn't really do anymore, which is yeah. annoying because it's quite good. Um, he used to have people on there. You'd be like, oh, who's this? Yeah. You know, the H3 podcast back in the day before it became just a weird cesspool of... It's a, we- it's a weird place, actually. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. All I see from H3 is just clips now. And every single clip I'm seeing, it's like some guy in his chair like this far down. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, Steve the Beast. Just, just, just pretty chill, like probably high. Like. Well, yeah, well, this is thing, like early H3 podcast when it be it was drifting from the main channel to the podcast format. Yeah. Like they used to have guests on all the time, random yeah. stuff, and you you might discover people and they might mention other people or things they've collaborated mm. with, and you're like, oh, cool, yeah. Uh, now it's just kind of like a really slow paced, weird commentary channel. And yeah. you kind of, I'm just. I'm so, I'm so confused by what the content is supposed to be now because mm. it's not 
I don't, know, I don't want to go on a rant about the hate. It's no, fine. Like yeah, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing particularly wrong with it. It's just it's not what it was. Yeah, I not guess. what it used to be. Um, it used to have a fair amount of potential to it. it. Used to have a fair amount of structure to it. Yeah, I think like structure and editing, and now it's just kind of seemed like it's just Ethan. Sometimes he sat there just hmm. talking shit about people, and you're like, okay, yeah. well, I mean, a lot of these people deserve to be talked shit about. Like, you yeah. Know, yeah. Various people who've recently been arrested. And well, yeah, and various people who've been recently been arrested. And, yeah. and uh, various, like, <laughs> internet shitheads. But, you know, it's... I know, uh, it's, it's, it's weird, though. Like, you mentioned like, so the other side of that. is like, I feel like it's almost generational. So, like, me and you would know... We, we've always known you have to dig. Right? Yeah. Like, as kids, we had TV. We saw what was on TV. And the most controversial thing on TV was The Simpsons. Because they'd come along and been like, sitcoms, screw sitcoms, let's make a cartoon, which is kind of anti-sitcom, but then becomes more sitcom as time goes on. Uh, yeah, I suppose controversial is probably mild. It was probably yeah. more, more controversial in the very early 90s than yeah, it was yeah. when we were kids. Like, I was saying, like, that, that was like the most like thing. Yeah. And then, like you know, you got Channel 4 and whatnot, and they, they published some like late-night content. Yeah, well, late, night, late night Channel Four was amazing. Yeah. Like if you're from the UK and you used to and you grew up in the nineties and you used to watch like Space or like the what the hell was the video game show that they had? Like, well, there was like two or three of those. It was like two or three, which are good. And then yeah. they they were the first ones to wear South Park and like yeah. it, it was the, that was that but, was what your taste was. Yeah, that, that played into it, didn't it? Because we knew it was like it's late night, so you're you're already gonna have to stay up for it, which yeah. means you're digging for it, which means everything you consume or you see, you're just like okay got this thing but I know I'm going to search harder for something which isn't the mainstream yeah we were taught that whether we realised it or not yeah because we had to yeah whereas like children nowadays get so used to being served content and such a range of content a logarithms yeah yeah like I I think like Instagram's probably the best example of it like I made a new Instagram account for like personal stuff and there was nothing on it I've not followed anything not liked anything and I looked at what I was being served and I was like this is there is no rhyme or reason to this no. like here's a cooking video here's a comedian yeah. here's someone screaming at the camera for like 20 minutes and I'm like I, it, it's almost like if you got served that constantly from a young age you wouldn't know how to research Yeah, you wouldn't know to go I mean, oh well actually if I follow this guy I'm going to follow 20 other people like him yeah and like, well my I say my uh, explore page on Instagram hmm. is very me there's very little on there that is like wrong. Yeah. Like it's my, my main one is, my other one isn't. <laughs> my other one is a mess. The only thing that's really wrong on there is reels. Yeah. And it hasn't quite like both TikTok and because people bang on about the TikTok algorithm all the time and now it's just what I want. Now it's just what I want. And I'm like, does it? Mm. Because I've only got a TikTok account for work purposes for part of my job is social media. Yeah. Um, and I think we both said in this podcast that neither of us are ever getting TikTok about three years ago and we were like, TikTok, fuck TikTok. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but like, people always bang on about, yeah, like, it's it's got the best algorithm in the house and I always yeah. know what I want. I'm like, I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. I think what TikTok's algorithm does is recommend you the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Right. My recent example of this is this is from like Instagram Reels and, well, by extension, Facebook Reels, which is the same thing. Yep. Um, there was a funny video that came out probably about two weeks ago now where it was someone impersonating Midwest emo intros. And yep. they're like, oh, every Midwest emo intro. And they played a riff from like an American football song mm-hmm. and then they played a clip of... I can't remember what it was. There's a clip of Danny DeVito. There's a Danny DeVito yeah. in... Uh, I'll always feel it... Always Philly. Always Sunny and Philly yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's Ross and Rachel arguing. Yeah. There's like SpongeBob and... Oh, no, sorry. Mr. Krabs. Right. And there's like... There's a bunch of them, basically. Yeah. But this is what... This is, this is the point I'm getting at, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the original one was. And there has been a million and one impersonations of that. Yeah. Right? So I watched the original one, found it funny, shared it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it was the original. It could have been number five. Who knows? Yeah. But then... Ever since then, it has shown me every single version of that possible. It's like, right, well, I've done that. Yeah, That's done. Like, yeah. if there's a particularly good version of it with a clip that's funny, like the Always Sunny one that came out was funny, yeah. it's like, okay, 
but I don't want just the same thing over and over again. There's a girl on um, that keeps getting recommended to me on Facebook as well, and I don't understand how, how it keeps recommending it to me over and over again. It's called right. Holly Holly Lang. Right. She seems nice enough. Okay. There's nothing really wrong with her content. She's like ex-retail, and it's her impersonating interactions with customers for the most part. Okay, like sketches. Yeah, little right. sketches. Her talking to herself, you know, the usual kind of thing. Yep. She plays the customer, and her yeah, is, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's her experience in retail and like I don't particularly like like her content there's nothing really there's nothing wrong with it like there you read like something good Um, yeah there's nothing really wrong with it and like it's just not my kind of humour but I think it's because I follow a lot of like anti-work like mocking kind of parodying anti-capitalism stuff that is like yeah, look, she's mocking retail. You should, you should love this. It's like, yeah, but I don't, I don't. And this is the point I'm getting at, right? I don't think TikTok is very good at trying to determine the t- the type of content that you want. Mm. It can determine subject, yeah, and it can determine the exact joke, yeah. But I don't think it can determine the type because I hate sketches where people are playing both characters. Right. I don't want to see that I don't format. Know that. Okay. Like I just don't. I hate. I hate that format as a as okay. a thing. I hate people miming to TV clips. Okay. Yeah. As a huge thing on TikTok because it's like it's not your content. You just you're just acting out a scene from a TV show. Yes. Right? Yeah. Hate yeah. it. Yeah. Hate it. It's just it's bottom of the barrel content. Like the talking to people thing. That's a personal preference. Like, yeah. That's there, that's, that's, there, that's just you. Honestly, there's you. some there's yeah, some yeah. great clips of like there is some great comedy skits like uh, I was it Dying by La Turtle, right. a classic YouTube thing. That's brilliant. He plays every character and it's brilliant, right? Yep. But <clears throat> that's just personal preference. But yeah, the ones where people are just miming TV clips or even better, there's miming someone else's more successful TikTok. Yeah. Like those things, like I hate that. I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, but no matter how many times I flick past those videos, TikTok cannot determine that that delivery is not what I yeah. want to see. It essentially, it suffers from what I see as like the same thing advertising suffers from right so like like as an example right let's say you were trying to buy some shoes right sure you're like i need some new shoes relatable yeah, yeah. find some shoes checking out shoes um so you look through all the different pairs you want you know mm-hmm. you go you, different brand shopping you you're getting served adverts constantly now because you you've been shopping shoes so suddenly nike's everywhere and yeah. every advert's been served with you and at some point you'll buy the pair of shoes you want. And then it keeps going. And then for two months, yeah. you're going to get stuff about shoes. Yeah. And it's it's that kind of problem. Of they've, they've figured out that you want to buy something. They've figured out what you want to buy. Yeah. But they can't recognize that you're done with it. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, done I, with this as a thing. I'm glad they don't know I made the purchase and what that purchase yeah. is, sure. Because yeah. I like a little bit of privacy. Yes. However, you think, okay, well... Now, for the next 24 hours, if I don't interact with any of these adverts, I don't mm-hmm. continue to search for shoes, that should just go off your radar now? Yeah. Oh, it's like even like even just like a website serving a cookie, which is like, this person purchased. Yes. Like, every other advertising thing yeah. would be like, pick up that cookie, stop serving that advert, because they're wasting money by serving you adverts for things you already own. But the only thing that would, that would backfire, because... Yeah. Um, like yes on a purchase like a pair of shoes which only lasts which lasts you six months to a year yeah. maybe a bit longer or whatever yeah. like that would be fine but if you bought um say a t-shirt yeah. for example something that you might buy three or four times a year yeah or you bought like a dvd or a book mm-hmm. a book would probably be a good example or something you might buy multiple of in a year yeah there you go is a book purchaser he definitely made a purchase based on an advert he clicked on. So yeah. we can now serve him more because he's the most likely person to purchase our books. But um, at the same time, it's yeah. like you, you it's serving like you like you were saying with like that type of content, mm. like it's it it's unable to distinguish the way people consume content. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like when you've watched a documentary, it's like you're probably gonna watch a documentary once and never watch it again. Yeah. But they don't know that because to them it's just this is just media. Yeah. So serve it the same amount of time someone would watch friends. You're like, yeah, great. I want to sit and watch, you know, this this thing about serial killer twenty times, even though I've already seen it. I already know what happens. You know, yeah, everyone dies at the end and he gets arrested. But well, I think to, to round back to kind of like that sanitized content point. Yeah, like I think one of the things that sucks about the algorithm for TikTok and like Instagram and things like that is mm. it doesn't emphasize originality either. 
No. It emphasizes people doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's, the, it's people making the same joke over and over and over. And that's, that's why I should like your account. This is why you should follow my account because I'm the guy that goes, I didn't realize that. Was, here's something I didn't realize until I was in my 30s. Yes, yeah. And that guy seems like a chill guy. Nothing against yeah, him. Yeah. Like, nothing against him, but his entire account is the same thing yes. over and over again. So if he did, suddenly did a video which was him doing a little mini vlog of going to the shops or it was something completely different like he was reviewing his favourite TV show or mm. whatever or recommending a film the algorithm was go nah <laughs> none of that mate it's interesting you mentioned that because so I watched a video this morning uh, this YouTuber called Call Me Kevin mm-hmm. who's I think he's Irish I want to say but he does video uh, video game stuff yeah where he's like he does funny video game stuff so he like goes into a game and plays it like you know I'm going to play it and all that kind of stuff and he released a video a couple of days ago, which was along the lines of, hey, I started doing this in 2019 or 2017, and uh, in 2022, I almost stopped making it. And it was basically just a bit of an explanation. He was like, I was making videos, two videos a week, constantly, and it's all video game stuff. Yeah. And I have trapped myself in making videos because I don't feel like I can make any other kind of content now. Because I know this is how these videos get served. Yeah. And so he felt like he had to go on and explain to his audience, I'm still going to make this stuff, but you're going to see some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So please stay. You know, yeah. please stay. Please pay attention to this. It's just as, as, as good as the other stuff, but you're constantly being served stuff. To the point where, like like you say earlier on, like, there is subversive stuff out there, but I think creators from the very start of their career are not reaching for it in some ways because they know they have to feed. Or they reach for the one subversive thing uh, and it becomes successful then they have to repeat the yeah. one thing over and over again rather than continually um, you yeah. know, kind of evolving. Like with One of the shows I watched recently which I think is a great example of someone that is and they're in an incredibly privileged position right. to be able to take the risks that they're taking mm-hmm. and to uh, being allowed to do this. And it's um, Atlanta with oh. Childish Gambino. Okay. That's been out for a while, right? Yeah, it's on its fourth season. It's fourth right. season just yeah, come yeah, out yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Now, Atlanta is brilliant. Okay. It's brilliant, right? But it's creator-led. So right. it's Gambino and I can't remember the director's name. There's a director that he's worked with a lot. Right. Um especially on his music videos, which is the director of the show. Right. Anyway, it's their vision for the show. Mm-hmm. And it's unbelievably creative. Like, some of the episodes um, just are so unbelievably surreal and brilliant. Like, and I'd recommend anyone to watch it. Like, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. It's all on Disney+. Plus. Like, just go watch it. It's brilliant. And obviously, he's in a privileged position because he was already famous. Yep. So, um, he managed to get to a point where he could take these creative risks and they would be supported and pushed and that's a good thing Mm -hmm. Um, I do wish more people who were in his position would do that instead of rather than just do the same thing over and over again which would be brilliant Um, but that that kind of it reminded me of just some 90s weirdness and I was like yeah this is just good it's just weird like go back to like talking about Spaced like that show takes all loads of risks and different formats and different things all over the place and like it is what it is and and like I remember how many people like back in the late 90s early 2000s freaked out when uh, Buffy did a musical episode yes and uh, like that but was now that's expected it's, it's kind of like yeah it's yeah. a thing now it's become a trope but yeah. um, that was like oh look at this creative risk we've done a whole episode yeah. as a musical yeah. it's so weird and like yeah but they, like the, the other side of that like because so, <coughs> what was I showing so I so two things Mm. One, I've just you just reminded me that I got to blow somebody's mind the other day by re- informing them that Donald Glover was Childish Gambino, and they didn't know. Yeah, and I was like, "You you should know." Yeah, that, that, that's the thing, and it's because they'd never seen a music video. Yeah, for Childish Gambino. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, "How has anyone that yeah. so likes I play, Childish I Gambino this is America. never seen This Is America?" Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, how like, have you never seen that video? That's like an iconic music yeah. video. Um, but the second thing was, I showed them. Uh, and this is what kind of triggered this conversation with, between me and you was I showed them Kablam, mm-hmm. which is a show which takes a lot of risks with what it's doing because it's just like yeah. we're going to do whatever we want to do. But I remember what, at the same time, I, I so I showed them the show and I was like, "Oh, this is what it does." And they instantly got it. Yeah. They were like, this makes all sense. 
and it made sense because it was the period it was from and shows kind of became expected to be subversive so it's like if you, you know like kind of lowbrow became a thing and it was like oh well this is the style now yeah to make subversive stuff as, as much as i like i like to bang on about people being like kind of like thick in general yeah like in the whole world just being a bit passive and and kind of that is your brand. People are terrible, <laughs> kind of thing. There is obviously there's a lot of people out in the world who will get this stuff, yeah. and there is an audience for this stuff. Like mm. you know, Atlanta has an audience. Yes. You know, you mentioned BoJack Horseman earlier. That's yeah. not exactly mainstream as a as a show, no. and like that does takes a bunch of creative risks, like the whole underwater episode and mm-hmm. the uh, <coughs> free churros episode, which is like top tier TV. Yep. Like it is like. Yeah, like th- there is an audience for this stuff. Like, go make it. Like, it is. It's just, I guess, gatekeepers standing in the way of these things a lot of the time. Yeah, I think a lot of people. <coughs> like, I mean, I, I, obviously, I, with the stuff I do, I try to generally poke at it. Mm. Like, try judge and generally poke at it. But I think when I speak to people about making stuff which is outside of the range of what is being pushed on whatever pl- platform they're trying to be pushed on, then. It's you end up in that defeatist attitude. You end up in that okay. Well, I spent six months making this this show for ten people to see it. Yeah, of course, yeah. And um, I th- I think that becomes the challenge for people, to the point where like like say like, it almost feels like less people are taking a risk. Yeah. Like and again, like I don't blame them half the time because yeah. if your livelihood is YouTube and you've been making video game content for mm. five six years on that platform, you've managed to build yourself up to. 750,000 to a million subscribers and you're ticking along and you make a you make an okay living you've got a nice Patreon support and like and you suddenly want to start talking about music you you know for a fact that if you put a video out and your average views on your video is 250,000 you put a music video a music thing out instead of a video game thing you know you're going to get 50,000 views you know you are and like so I don't blame them because it is their livelihood and there's a cost of living crisis and like you know it's like your livelihood is your livelihood and like I don't I don't blame them I just wish I do wish they'd start a second channel and go Mm. this is this is this other thing that I'm doing yeah camera and um, this is this other thing that I'm doing and like this is something that I think you guys will enjoy and hopefully they can maybe find a slightly different audience for it and that would be like because your audience isn't finite yeah, I think it's it's weird though as well because I, like I got thinking about this the other day when we were on about like subversive stuff and whatnot. And like you say, you have to dig, mm. you have to dig to get it. And I I feel like the question actually at hand is not whether people are making less of this stuff or just it's harder to find this stuff now, like comparative to what it used to be because the ad front is so big. But there's so much more of it. Yeah, like there's so yeah. much content. There's so much like advertising mainstream stuff which is pushed on yeah. top of it your your you know your crust layer to break through is so deep now getting to something which isn't that becomes such a challenge that you'd like like we're sat here going oh less people are making it it might not be that there's less people making it it's just it's, it's way harder to find 100 <laughs> percent. i don't think less people are making it like less mainstream people are making it sure mm. and but like um yeah it's just it is there's so much content that it is hard to find and because of the front end of these platforms you have the storefront the window dressing has to be so sanitized for out to be advertiser friendly um because unfortunately big corporations still dictate what is yeah acceptable and then Um, yeah i mean the other side of that of course is like if you have something which starts to do something subversive they will get bought you know they will get bought and then it will get changed. Like you mentioned Philip DeFranco earlier. Mm. And I remember it was like Philip DeFranco and like the two I always go to is him and Grace Helbig, who like big YouTubers, they were doing their own thing, making whatever they wanted to make. It was pretty subversive. Like, I mean, Philip DeFranco's wasn't because it's news. Yeah. Um, but he was doing it in his own style and Grace Helbig was making sketch comedy and it was all good. And then they both got bought by like a marketing thing on YouTube and then pushed out of their own channels because they were like, oh, well, we're going to take this in a slightly different direction and we, we want to do this and the other. So they lost creative control. So it means that like, every time you do get something new, it's like, oh, how long until? 
how long until someone pays them enough to leave? There is elements of that, yeah. yeah. Like, like Philip DeFranco, like he he talks quite openly about his. Um, I think was it who was it that invested Discovery Network? I think something like that. Yeah, gave him a bunch. It wasn't his channel in particular, but it was they gave him a bunch of money to form a new channel. Yeah, with a bunch of them, and that kind of just a whole thing happened with that. And like Casey Neistat went through that when he sold his company because he made that social media app Beam. I've never even heard of. It was, a, it was an app <laughs> like, ages ago successful where you, it, basically the idea was it was like share what's real. So okay, right. you just, to, to share a post, you put the phone oh, to your there's chest. A, there's a Be Real thing. That's still, still Kind of like Be Real, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So in the way Be Real is like, right, you've got two minutes to post. Right? Yeah, yeah. You can do that. You could post any time with Beam. It was just a case of you put your phone to your chest. Right. So you covered up the front camera, and as that front camera was covered, your back camera activated. Okay. And when you pulled away... It showed you. It automatically posted. Right. So it was kind of like... Whatever's there is there. It's just yeah, realness, right? right? So, I mean, uh, I like either, that either way, that's by the by what that app yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Um, CNN bought the app for right. like a chunk, or like a good chunk of money, and they really did it because they wanted... Casey, right? Because he they wanted to do some sort of youth focused news thing, okay? And thought Casey would be the and the team at Beam got it and would be the people to head that. Up. The relationship didn't last. He just bailed after a year. I think I don't know. I can't yeah, remember yeah, the yeah, full yeah. story. But that didn't affect his core channel. But it was a case of like, yeah, it could, it could have, yeah. and like, yeah, there is especially old YouTube when ad networks and things like that happened. Yeah. When it was like, what was the, was it Maker Met? Or Maker? Uh, Maker Studios, which is like Disney owned now. Right. Where they, you basically become part of their ad network. Yeah. So you, it was ad, ad Was it ERB were part of that as well? I can't remember. But yeah. Because they, they, they got bought by Disney at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know, I just, I think, I, I don't, it's not like, this is not a rant, like, I think she used to be better in mind. No, no. It's none of that. It's just like, it was just a realization that like a lot of the content and the style of content that like I like and that kind of creator led individual voice kind of stuff is, is all on YouTube now. And that's, that's the thing. Um, yeah, we've it's, talked about some good points where it's like, yeah, it's hard to find. But. I, mean, I guess, I mean, that's, that's, it's a ring to round this out to kind of like a point on this topic mm. before we get to the last question. Um, obviously you you consume that kind of media mm-hmm. I consume that kind of media we both have our own methods for finding those kinds of things yeah. what is the best way to do it what's the best way to find something which isn't part of the media as it were to lack of a better term honestly I think it's just keep your eyes open mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff I find is through the most random things like I might follow, say, SkillUp, who I really like as a video game YouTuber. Right. Great guy. Like, great content. Yeah. I don't know about his character things. <laughs> just say, great guy. <laughs> great, guy. Yeah. great guy. Great guy. Great <laughs> guy. Solid guy. Yeah, Could brilliant. terrible, but we don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I really like SkillUp's content, and, yeah. like, I follow him on Twitter, mm-hmm. right? And he might reply to someone's tweet, or he okay. might retweet yeah. someone who's made a good point, and I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll click this person's profile, see what they do, and they're like... Mm-hmm. They might also be a YouTuber. And you kind of go, okay, cool. Click, what's their channel like? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, this is someone that's worth following. Like, that's worth it. Like, um, OSW Review, who I, like, old school wrestling review podcast, who I yeah. follow, they uh, are friends with a guy called Matt McMuscles, who is a... Sorry, he, that name just tickled me. <laughs> who's a video game YouTuber. Yeah. And I found his channel through them interacting with him on Twitter. Right, okay. And then it's... It's, yeah, one of those things where, like, and several podcasts where, like, you know, I'll be listening to, like, 99% Invisible and, like, mm. someone will start doing that and, like, they'll t- start talking about a creator of some sort. Tom Scott, um, who's very famous YouTuber who does, like, sciencey stuff. Right, yeah. For a lot of his stuff, he often has tons and tons of guests on the podcast. Like, oh, I'm doing this thing today. Here's mm. this person from this channel. And then, like, there's loads of stuff like that, which that's how I discover content. And it's, like... It's almost like networking. Yeah. I'd, I'd say mine's very similar. <coughs> I, the way I always think of it is, is you have to follow the thread. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, like with memes, like memes are probably one of the best examples. Like, right. So you see a meme, you see something which goes viral and you're like, right. Rather than just accepting you seeing it, mm-hmm. 
go find out where it came from. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm that person now. Yeah. Like, and I, that's how I... Yeah, I mean, that's, we're naturally those kinds of people. Yeah. But I think that's something which people have to remember. So I, what was the one I saw recently? So there's a... Um, there's like a rat in some chain mail and he was singing about avocados to the theme of a Kate Bush song. And I was like, that's funny. I enjoy that. This this is cute. It's a puppet. I like puppets. And I was like, that, not his voice though. So I like looked it up and it's like the audio came from some YouTube clip, which was posted five years ago by some guy who makes sketch comedy. And I was yeah. like, okay, who's this guy? And then I ended up in a rabbit hole of just watching his stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's, you've always going to got to be willing to follow that red thread of stopping being served something and just going, oh, well, if I click three profiles through, I might find something brand new. It was, I, I do this all the time with things and I guess that's just the way I am. Like, yeah. well, <coughs> it's funny, like meeting people who are like that, yeah. they're the kind of people who I would interact with on a daily basis. Like my friend Ollie, who obviously you know, yeah. like he, he does the same thing. Like, he sees something, so he researches it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I'll Google it. I was sat last night. Me and Rena were sat here watching films, mm-hmm. and we were watching I'm Not a Killer. I'm Not a Serial Killer. Right. Uh, indie film based on a book. Yeah. And we kind of started researching it, and then we were like, oh. And she just goes, yeah, it's based on... It's got five books now. It's based on, like, the, the main character, John Cleaver. He's, he's, like, there's a series of books. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I wonder who... And, and I started researching some stuff as well. And like, but that was just a natural compulsion for us. Yeah. There was nothing that triggered us that went, I need to find an answer to this. It was just like, I'm enjoying this film, mm. so I'm going to see what book it was based on and if there's any more. Oh, and there is more content. Oh, yeah. and then Dan Wells, the author, he's written some other stuff. And it's just, and that's just naturally the kind of people we yeah. are. Whereas I do know a lot of people who will watch something and go, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> that's it like I'm, I'm done with that I don't yeah. need to know any more about that and I think I, I generally think that is like a, it's almost generational to a point where we we were I need to know more yeah whereas everyone like not everyone, but most people now are used to knowing more they're used to being served extra stuff I don't even think they're served extra stuff they just serve the next thing yeah before you can even focus well so, I mean it's like again you <laughs> yeah you, yeah, you it's like, oh, I've seen that clip. Oh, wait, here's another thing. Oh, wait, here's another thing. And you're like two minutes later. Like, the best oh. example is, yeah, you end up going on Reels and yeah. then it's just like, by the time you've watched a clip, it's like, I've scrolled up. I've, yeah. uh, I've scrolled up. I've scrolled I've, up. I've yeah. Something. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's, you could do a whole podcast on my grouch of Reels. But yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's the best way to discover new stuff is just be willing to put that extra little bit of time into finding the new stuff. It's like I say, keep your eyes open. Yeah. Just keep your eyes open. If you see something, don't just automatically assume that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. You yeah. can't defeat the technology. You can work around it. But then that's always been the case. For me, it's curation as well. Like, yeah. Can we get back to people curating things, please? You're never going to have curation. You're going to have the highest advertisers going to pay everything. That's... Yeah. I mean, here's your opportunity to curate, though. Final question of the day. Mm. Who should I have on the show next? Who should you have on the show? Well, I recommended Dan Housen last time. I reached out to Dan Housen. I got no reply. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, at the time... He got Dan... super famous. Yeah. Just as... <laughs> just as you reached out to him, he got his full AEW contract. And, uh... <laughs> and I feel like a lot of his contract would be like, don't go do random podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um... But you did recommend it. This is... I'm going I'm to end it as like, this is the question. And be like, this is the one of... I, I'm asking everyone. Because I feel like I can start like a chain letter of different different people. So yeah, who should, who should I have on? Who's subversive? <laughs> Not subversive, right, right? But someone whose content is like, I really, I think she has a great voice uh, in the video game industry. Okay. And she knows what she's on about. She like makes good content and it's very authentically her is right, Alana okay. Pierce. Alana Pierce. Alana Pierce. She's Australian. Okay. But she lives in San Francisco. Right. She used to work with the Kind of Funny lot. Yeah. Um, quite a bit. Um, she was one of the kind of like founding three of the X cast, which is the Kind of Funny Xbox podcast. Um, <coughs> her channel is her. Okay. It's very much her. Right. And like you can tell that like she pulls no punches with her opinions. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that she's crazy controversial like you know no, 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 you no. know you, you, but it's honest it's very honest very yeah. and it's very like and it's her okay this is it like her channel is her right and there's there's no i don't think uh, you know i'm speaking 
not that thing I'm speaking out of turn. I don't think she overthinks anything with that channel. Okay. I don't think she's like, oh, but what will get the most views? Right. Oh, but what will... I don't think... So like, it's kind of like, like, I mean, the only other one I can think of is like Video Game Donkey. No, like not even that. Like, no, not even that? His is like... His is more humoured. His is scripts and it's humour. Yeah, like, yeah. her, hers is literally like, oh, uh, the Video Game Awards just happened and right. here's me reacting to it. Um, you know, here's... Oh, it's the E3 Xbox thing. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, I'll react to that. Um, she's got her own podcast where she... Uh, what the hell is it called? I know, I'm sure I'll find a link for it. Somewhere. God, that's done my head in now. <laughs> yeah, she's got a podcast with like three other guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One who is the owner of a game studio in England. They made Thomas Was Not Alone. Oh, Thomas is alone. Thomas is alone. Thomas was alone. I've never remember. The one with a cube. Cube? It's a famous indie game. Okay, be, right. Thomas is alone. Either way. I and then Troy, game. what's yeah. his face, who's like the voice of every video game character right, ever right, he's like right. the voice of the dude in last of Joel and last of us okay right <clears throat> and someone else who i can't remember the name of now but either way that's a good podcast right either way go speak to alana yeah. i think she's great i think she's like one of those people that's just like authentically herself makes sense yeah makes sense i shall reach out we shall see if we can get them on the show yeah. and uh or it might just be like dan housen and i never get a reply yeah which is yeah. i accept that He's a busy. He's a busy evil man. He's, he's very nice, very evil, and he's very <laughs> he's busy. Either way, yep. first one of twenty twenty three. Yeah, managed to work it out in twenty twenty two. Yeah, thanks for coming to go on that. Woo, woo. We'll call it there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll re- reconvene in twenty twenty four. Maybe is that no? That's not the next one, is it? Twenty twenty three will be the next one. No, this is the twenty twenty three one. It's the twenty twenty three one. Yeah, but we'll the next time we'll do this will be in twenty twenty three for twenty twenty four. Yeah. So we'll reconvene. In but it will most likely be by Zoom because you'll be in the states. Yeah, because I'll, I'll, I'll be in a different country again yeah. and, and not flying around. But yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys later. Podcast. Podcast. Bye.